I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training, and I offer transformational coaching. But that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning, and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life. Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others who inspire us. Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. Last week, we shared some pretty big news that you have going on in your life. And I'm imagining that's just continuing as you're a new business owner, my friend. Yes, it is. It's really exciting, but also very busy. And I'm just trying to remain grounded and organized and not spin out of control. So yes, still very exciting though. If you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, Amy is now the proud owner of Radiant Yoga and Wellness, a wonderful new space in Columbus, Ohio, and that's officially opening under your new ownership on the 1st of June. Yes, yes. Coming soon. Coming so soon, like right around the corner. So tell me about the typical day in Amy's world now, like not just be, not just the studio, but everything else that you're doing and that you're responsible for and the ways that you show up for yourself and your family. I'd love to hear about a typical day. So I'm still working in the hospital three days a week. So from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., I work in the hospital three days a week because this opportunity just really um, fell into my lap and came out of the blue. And it was something that I just couldn't pass up. So I wasn't prepared to leave the hospital just yet. And I don't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing both. And three days a week, I'm in the hospital helping the physicians and taking care of the patients from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then the days that I'm not at the hospital are really just focused on supporting this new opening and have meeting with teachers and coming up with ideas for new workshops and new offerings at the studio and meeting with the property management people to go over painting and repairs and talking to practitioners who are interested in coming to the space to offer their services. So it's really exciting. It's a really exciting time in my life right now. It is very full and it's very busy doing branding and marketing and building a website and meeting with the accountant and creating a new LLC and, you know, all the ins and outs of, of starting a new business. But again, very exciting, very, very busy and trying to really be true to myself because I have a history of burnout and taking on too much. I am really trying to walk the walk of attending to my needs as far as eating good food and saying no to certain meetings that I just know will tip me over the edge in being overscheduled and trying to attend to my sleep, making sleep such a high priority because it's such an easy thing when you fill up your schedule to then eat into the time, into bedtime, Mm -hmm. that you can just do one more thing or make one more phone call or answer one more email and trying to be very 
honest and true to the commitment I made to myself to attend to my physical needs, my mental health needs, my body, not burn out, but be able to be present and enjoy this time and not dive deep into the overwhelm. And if I begin to feel overwhelmed, it's a sign I need to to back up a little bit. And these are all choices. Not, none of this has been, I'm not sentenced to any of this. And I, I think we can get into that mindset of you have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. I don't have a choice. And really reminding myself, I have choices in all of this. This is all a choice and to enjoy it and not to get wrapped up in the I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But to really make this a pleasurable time and experience in my life. You're really touching on where we're going to head in this episode. This episode is airing just a couple of days before Mother's Day. And not to say that this is a celebration of Mother's Day because um, you don't have to have a child to have feel like you have a busy and full life. And you don't have to have uh, an amazing relationship with your mother to tend to yourself and celebrate a day that might be for self-care, a day that might be set aside for practices that support you. And that's how we will celebrate this idea of Mother's Day on this episode is we plan to discuss the reality of living in this modern culture when you are realizing your dreams and you are taking care of others and yourself and ways in which we can support ourselves. And what I loved about listening to your languaging as you were speaking, Amy, is how you specifically said, you know, it's very full. And even though you were talking about a busy schedule, these are conversations that as women we're having with each other. We're, we're talking about how overwhelmed we are and how busy we are and how much we have to get done. And even by choosing different wording like, you know, my life is full rather than it's so overwhelming and it's so busy, that can even shift it because it is a good reminder and it's hard to remember when we feel like we're on the bottom of the pile of to-dos but it's making the choice to consider our life as full makes it easier to be grateful for everything, even though there is a lot. I also love that, you know, you're talking about putting your own oxygen mask on first and making your sleep a priority because with everything you're doing, it will be impossible to keep it all straight and to serve everybody you are serving coming from a place of depletion. I agree. And I, I have this conversation with myself daily to check in with myself. How am I feeling? Have I eaten? How is my sleep? How's my energy level? And to really put firm boundaries around those things because you can most of the time make choices um, that support those things, not every day, you know, there, there are going to be days that there's, I'm not going to do the best at my practices and to then have a lot of compassion around that, that today, maybe I stayed up too late or I didn't eat the highest quality foods. So having compassion around that, but, but reminding myself that maybe tomorrow will be better. You know, maybe mm -hmm. tomorrow I will make decisions or have 
a better schedule, a better routine than I did today. Yeah. Every day can be like a new year. It also overwhelms us when we wake up in the morning, taking yesterday's troubles and yesterday's list into the next day and and thinking about that as soon as we wake up. And I also feel like this time of year, springtime is a natural time where we feel busier, where there's a lot more going on. The days are longer, the weather is nicer, there's more of an energy output. So what I've been teaching in my public classes, it's a good time to consider taking time to refill the cup because we are putting a lot out there. And like you, um, there is a lot of creative energy going on in my life at the time. I haven't spoken about my latest travels yet, but I'll take the opportunity to share that now. Um, I'm just back from San Diego. And for many years now, my husband and I have had a plan that we would create a half-time home in San Diego. We lived there for about 10 years, six years ago, before we moved back to Canada. And our heart is really in both places. It's, it's here in Vancouver in British Columbia, Canada, and it's in San Diego, California, because we, we primarily raised our daughter there when she was a little one. So we met a lot of friends that are lifelong friends. And whenever we go back to visit, it does feel like home. So we've recently realized that dream and we've been setting up a second place there And our daughter has one more year of high school. And then after that, she wants to go off to university. So we'll spend some more time there then. And in the meantime, I've been setting up that condominium, which is um, very close to the water in Carlsbad, more in the North County of San Diego, where there are just vast white sand beaches and Um, It's really close to a very cute town, Carlsbad by the sea. So I've been setting up the condo to use as a personal retreat center. It's where I'm inviting clients that would like to come and have a customized individual retreat with me. And so my calendar is filling up with clients and students that are wanting to have that experience. And I'm so excited about that because while teaching public yoga classes is so wonderful and I can't imagine never wanting to do that. What I love about practicing yoga therapy is working with the individual and really having an opportunity to offer that person the postures and the breath techniques, the meditations and the tools that are specific to what wants to be more balanced in that individual to, you know, very humbly ease a little bit of suffering in that specific individual. So I'm looking forward to being able to do that in a more intimate and immersive way so that that person can really get a start on building their own practices. So this time around, I've been home for a couple of days and then next week, I'm heading to France for the very first time. (laughs) So exciting. Just about a year ago, I put out the word that I was offering my first international retreat to south of France. And I made sure that I felt really good about it before I decided to go for it. I was offered the invitation to do this about three years ago. And I made an intention 
that yes, I'm going to do this when I feel ready. And then I felt ready. I felt like there was a community here in Vancouver that would be into it. And um, so just, yeah, just a little under a year ago, I announced that to my community and it is just in such a wonderful place. And we're going to do incredible excursions while we're staying in this 17th century chateau near about an hour and a half away from Bordeaux. And so I feel so grateful that that 20 wonderful people are coming along with me and it's a seven day retreat. And then my husband is going to meet me at the end of that retreat. And we're going to take the opportunity to drive through Provence and then into Italy. And I've never been to either places. And I don't know if you're like this when it comes to travel or, or when big events happen in your life. I'm not really able to give it the bandwidth until it gets very close. <laughs> I'm the same. It's usually like the day before I leave that I finally get into that headspace that I'm really going. Yes. There's been a lot of preparation and a lot of communication with the community that is joining me and a lot of planning, especially from a distance. So um, a lot of organization. I've been missing your detail-oriented mind for sure. This is mm -hmm. what I love about our partnership. Um, but the time is finally here and packing still has to be done. But these are the realities of what's going on in our life. And that's just scratching the surface. There's big moments happening with my daughter. I may have mentioned here before that her passion is musical theater and she's in this year-long theater program as part of her high school. And they're finally showing their big final show, which is... Um, a version of the musical Rock of Ages. So it's such a fun show. If you like 80s music, <laughs> it's just such a fun show. And my daughter is, uh, is doing her last two shows this week. So I, I am in one of those moments as well in my life where I feel like every hour is accounted for. And also taking that time when I have that extra 20 minutes, as you said, as opposed to maybe folding some laundry or answering some emails, doing a yoga nidra or closing my eyes or taking a few breaths. It's, it's been vastly helpful. Yeah, your life is extremely full as well right now. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you with San Diego and I would love to hear more about that. And I just can't wait to hear about France when you get back. It just sounds like a dream. And I, I love travel so much. I've mentioned here that there was 15 years when I was in the throes of chronic panic attacks that I didn't travel. I made excuses not to travel or I made sure I had a lot of liquid courage in me before traveling because everything about it made me nervous. I was just the most nervous flyer to the point where I have left airplanes. Wow. I'm, yeah, I, I'm sure that I scared everyone around me. You know, the person who had the feeling that something was going to happen with the airplane and I have walked off because I just, I just couldn't do it. And so the more that I have forced myself to get on airplanes and the more I've forced myself to travel and have new experiences, the easier and easier it's gotten, right? It's like my own little exposure therapy, just showing myself over and over that, I can do more than I think I can and that I'm stronger than I think. And now magically, 
suddenly, and I'm so grateful for it. I love it. I love every aspect of traveling. I I love that time on the airplane. And I even look out the window at the view, which is something I wouldn't let myself do for a really long time. I would just distract myself and and be a bundle of nerves until we finally landed. But now I love every moment of it. And I find it a very expansive experience. And I don't even think that this is something you don't need to leave your country or even your city to have this expansive experience, but having new experiences, doing something that's out of the ordinary. Somebody said to me, when we travel, it's not just that we find new experiences and relationships and places, but we're also finding ourselves. And I, I do find that to be true. You don't have to go around the world to find those experiences. You could just have them right in your own city. I agree. Mm-hmm. And maybe I mentioned this here, one of the big experiences of my life that I feel made me quite worldly was when I first left high school after graduating from broadcasting school. And the first radio station that I worked at was in a very, very small town. And I had never lived in that kind of a small town. Like I I had lived in smaller places, but this was a town of 3000 people. Living there really showed me that People are people wherever you are. I remember I lost a best friend at the time because she said, oh, I can't believe you're going to go live in that tiny little town. That hadn't even come to my mind. It was just a new adventure. This was the place that gave me a job. I was so excited to spread my wings and begin my life. Living there was one of the greatest experiences because I met some of the greatest people I've ever known. And even though it wasn't around the world, I felt that it gave me a worldly experience in that I can feel comfortable in lots of different places. It doesn't have to be a place that I've been told is better or worse than another. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. All right. So back to what we're talking about here in this episode, which is, you know, we're all busy. <laughs> there's, there's no way around it. We, we all have these full lives. And sometimes as is your story, that feels like it can take us under, especially if we feel tired, especially if you add emotional upheaval, which we can't control and arises when we least expect it. It's a lot. And so for this episode, we really wanted to offer some practices from the heart to those of you who are feeling it, the weight of your schedule and the weight of your shoulds and all of your have tos. So Amy, what would you offer to women like us who are just looking for some rest, are looking for some tools to make some space, even even in the midst of being busy? So I have two things. The first thing goes back to my sleep. And I think we don't give that enough priority in our lives. And I would offer to women who are busy or have very full lives that in a very loving, kind, compassionate way that they put themselves to bed every night as if they were taking care of a beloved child or a toddler or a little one 
that they look at their sleep in a way that they would want to put a little one to sleep. So having a sleep routine that is really supportive of winding down and promoting deep quality sleep. So limiting screen time, having a nice bath, maybe reading before bed, tucking yourself in in a comfy bed with clean sheets and no screen and no TV, just the way that you would tuck in a little one that you were caring for. Because we fill our schedule up to the max and we go to the very last minute of the day and we squeeze in a few more tasks. And we wouldn't expect that of, say, our beloved three-year-old. We wouldn't run their schedule right up until the moment that they would hop into bed and we would expect them to go right to sleep. As as anyone who has cared for a little one knows, that would never work. And their sleep would be disrupted and it would be total chaos and a meltdown and they would be a very unhappy three-year-old. So I would offer to get yourself into the mindset of caring for yourself at bedtime the way you would a beloved little one. And you might not have a ton of time to do that, but whatever you could do with that mindset that you're lovingly mothering yourself, nurturing yourself to sleep as if you were a tiny one. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's so inspiring. It's so easy to get into habits that aren't that supportive. So I really appreciate that. It, it, we all feel better when we have that wonderful night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think we, we are overscheduled and overburdened and where could we edit? And I do think there is a lot of opportunity. I know in my own life, with the phone and the computer and the email to really edit at least the hour before I want to be in bed. How could I put better boundaries around that? And I do think if we looked hard enough, there's opportunity for that. And you know what might be worth saying when we're talking about sleep? Oftentimes when I am busy and I know that I need the most sleep, that's when I stress myself out about sleep, which of course in itself keeps you awake. Mm -hmm. And in those times, yes, there are tricks. I mean, find yourself a yoga nidra that you can listen to. And Mm -hmm. definitely that will relax you and put you out. Find different relaxation tools for sure. But also Mm -hmm. to, it's been helpful for me to speak to myself differently instead of, oh my gosh, I have to fall asleep right now if I'm going to get my eight hours. Mm -hmm. You know what? It's okay. Whatever Mm -hmm. happens, maybe I let go of the pressure on myself to get in a certain, get a certain amount of sleep. And maybe I let myself know that it's okay just to lay here and rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and see what happens then when you've taken the pressure off. That's what I want to speak to here is the pressure in the mind. The first technique that I'm, I'd like to offer is a, a tool for the busy mind And if you tune into what you're thinking about when there's a lot on your to-do lists, there's probably a lot of the word should happening. I should be doing this. I should have done this. I should do this. And as you said, a lot of have to's. I think it's important to take a moment and figure out the content of what you're thinking. Something that brings me 
a lot of pressure in my day-to-day life is specifically around mothering. And it is specifically around some of the conditioning that it's my responsibility to be present to around what kind of mother I think I should be. And when I ask myself this question, and sometimes I really have to sit with it and, and write this down, but I have a lot of shoulds. And then when things don't go that way, that's when I'm taking things personally. That's when I'm, I'm feeling irritated or frustrated or sad or, you know, name the spectrum of negative emotions that come up for mothers in this most challenging role that we have in life. And I think the, one of the problems is there's so much conditioning around what motherhood should look like. I mean, think about it. When we're pregnant, you know, oh, we should be glowing and, and, and relaxing and feeling like this is a magical time. For me, it was not magical at all. I was sick for eight and a half months. <laughs> and it wasn't just in the morning. It was, I would wake up in the middle of the night to get sick. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. And then the messaging of mothers and daughters, you know, that has really tripped me up. I absolutely was obsessed with the television show, The Gilmore Girls. I I still am. I mean, I just absolutely love Lauren Graham. But the messaging in that was that this mother and daughter, they were so close. They're best friends. They told each other everything. Not to mention that I was super close with my mom when I was a teenager and I did tell her everything. And so I know I had these invisible expectations when it came to raising a daughter uh, for myself. And now that she's 17, she's a teenager, it isn't that we tell each other everything. That's, that's not the kind of person that she is. And that doesn't take away from the kind of person that she is. She's fiercely independent. She's smart. She's got really strong boundaries. Everything that I would ever want for her, she's got. But because I have this, now I've brought it to the forefront, but because I have this conditioning around what a mother-daughter relationship should be, I've felt less than so many times within my role as a mother because it isn't that way. Mm-hmm. So knowing our shoulds, I think is hugely important. So if I look at that, a mother and daughter should tell each other everything. You know, I can do that thought work that we've talked about here before, which is questioning that, you know, is that really true? And, and what's happening when I think that way? Well, it's making me feel that I'm not measuring up, that somehow I'm not the cool mom or the good enough mom that makes my daughter feel comfortable enough to share things with me. And then how could I free myself from that thought? And what would my mothering be? Or what would the state of my mind be like if I didn't have the thought that it should be that certain way? Well, you know, I would just be me and the mother that I am. And it would be a lot easier to accept that and accept our relationship for what it is. And in my more expansive moments, due to my practices that that bring me back into the heart, that bring me into the more expansive space, the higher perspective, when I do accept our relationship as is, accept her as is, and myself as is, and not just accept, but embrace, you know, that's when I'm showing up as the woman that I want to be in our relationship. Yeah, I love that. I love that compassion towards yourself, that questioning your thoughts of of what you should be as a mother versus is that true? And 
and what you really are and the mother that you are in reality versus the mother that you think you should be in your mind. And I like the Gilmore Girls too, but I agree. Like the ideal that it put out there was just so hard to live up to. Mm -hmm. Do you have a should when it comes to your mothering? Do you have shoulds that you have identified in your mind? What a mother should be? I have so many. And I think the... uh, for me, the should is I should have done better as a mother. You know, my children are, are out of the house now and I look back and I can live in that space of regret of, of so many things looking back on how I, how I was a mother to them. I should have done this. I should have done that. I shouldn't have done this. Is that true? I don't know. It's so interesting that you brought that up, Amy. That's something that I had written down, the mom guilt. Mm-hmm. And, and the practice or the concept that I wanted to share around that because, oh, me too. Oh my goodness, me too. And I bet every mother listening is like, yeah, me too. It can, I will have to physically put my hands over my face sometimes when I think about things that I said or, or times when I might have invoked shame in her when I didn't intend to. And such a great practice is first of all, to remember never to judge ourselves with the mind we have now, Mm -hmm. but to take the time to revisit yourself as you were then and ask these series of questions. What did you know then? And I'm asking myself as I'm, you know, sharing this with our listeners, what had you learned? What were your motivations at the time? What were the tools that you had? What were the forces at play? So what were the stressors around you? What was the emotional state that was going on within you and others? And usually if we take a few minutes and really connect with the answers to those questions, we do find that the way it was had to be the way it was. You know, it's, it can be helpful to forgive ourselves and accept ourselves in that. For me, that for me, those questions help. Those are superbly helpful questions because even as you were saying those questions, I was answering them in my mind. And it really, even in that moment, helped to soothe some of the guilt that I still have over the mothering that I did when my daughters were younger. So I think we should to put those in the show notes because those were immensely helpful questions. Oh, okay. Absolutely. And I think that some of them came from the Carla McLaren book, The Language of Emotions. But yes, they have helped me. They have helped clients. So good idea. Where I would naturally go from there after those questions that tend to bring us back into some self-compassion. This is a practice that you might do physically, but it doesn't take a lot of time. And if the questioning your thoughts was a tool for the mind, I would almost call this a tool for the mother's soul. Mm-hmm. So this is any time that you have during the day. And it might be especially in those times where you're feeling mom guilt or are racked with those very specific sobs that come <laughs> after, <laughs> after a conflict with your child. Yes. Um, 
or that come with, you know, parental worries. And of course, this doesn't have to do with mothering either. You know, we have listeners that are not mothers, but we're all in relationship with ourselves and with others. And so this, this tool that I'm about to share is helpful for any time that you've walked away from yourself and you're in the mind of somebody else wanting them to feel a different way about you, about a situation, or you're in your shoulds or you're wishing it was a different way, or you're just feeling resistant to yourself in any way, and that is to just place your hands over your symbolic heart at the center of the chest. And if you want to have an official mudra about it, it's right hand, then left hand. And this in itself offers the body an experience of self-compassion. But while you are doing this, the idea is to consider every aspect that makes you, you, and not just the parts of you that you would show to the world that you approve of when you look in the mirror, but the parts of you that you keep hidden, you know, the parts of you that are jealous and angry and feel ashamed and are embarrassed. All of those parts, imagine as you have your hands there at the center of your chest, imagine that you're gathering all of them up into full acceptance. And it's this concept of the Carl Jung quote, which is, I would rather be whole, W-H-O-L-E, than good. And we've talked about that here before, our conditioning to be so good. Mm -hmm. Placing the hands at the heart, for me, is symbolic for letting myself know that it's all okay. And, and the practice is to become unified with true nature, with the higher aspect of myself, the part of myself that is not afraid, rather than get it all quote unquote right, because no one knows what that is. We're conditioned to think we know what that is. And people have told us, even without us asking, we get lots of advice. And with the advent of social media, you know, it's positive in one way in that a lot of people are sharing real talk about motherhood, real talk about what it's like being pregnant. But then there still are a lot of people that are saying, hey, look at me just a few weeks after having this baby. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's good and bad. And, and maybe it's not the most compassionate thing to be scrolling. But um, that, that is something that I wanted to offer. I love that you brought up the comparison as well, because we can fall down that rabbit hole of comparing how we have mothered our children to social media or Instagram or blogs. And I agree. I really appreciate the women online or the women in the universe who speak truth to what it's really like, because it's not all roses all the time. And does anyone really know what they're doing? I think we're all just doing the best we can. And there's something to that, you know, just doing the best you can. That should be enough. And wearing ourselves down into the ground, trying to live up to these expectations that I don't even know who has set the bar, if they're right. And I just, I just think if we as women could support each other in just 
we're just doing the best we can. Like you said, with the tools that we have, with what we know right now. I just, I love that you gave those questions out because I think those are so helpful. And I want to make sure that we talk about that in this specific episode around Mother's Day. So around this day of the feminine, you know, not even speaking about gender, but you just said, we women, we need to support one another. That is so central in the work I'm wanting to create in the world, because it is obvious every woman knows that we haven't always felt supported by our sisters and we ourselves have not always been supported to our sisters. And that hurts us because we understand each other's journeys, yet we make it so hard for one another. And the reason that we do that, the reason that we judge each other, the reason that we look at a picture on social media and judge that, even, even just as I did, that comes from all the places that we have rejected ourselves and all of the places that we are not accepting ourselves. And that is a journey that I'm definitely on in my life is full self-acceptance, but also looking at other women and finding full acceptance there and zero judgment. But I know that the secret comes from finding less judgment in myself. And I know that if I have any thought that includes some jealousy or some cynicism, you know, that, that inner critic that we all have, I know that there's just something in me that I have rejected or there's a place in me that I'm not living up to my full potential. I'm not allowing myself somehow to shine if, if I'm being triggered by another woman or if I'm finding um, judgment in another woman. So that's something, that's also, I think, just a life practice. Notice where your judgments are. And then that's a little clue of a place that needs to be reclaimed in you. Absolutely. What are, what are we trying to gain by tearing another woman down and where could we instead look to improve that in ourselves. I totally agree with that. I've been living with a mantra for the last week that I would like to share Mm -hmm. in my state of fullness and being very cognizant of trying not to tip into overwhelm or burnout. My mantra for this past week that I keep returning to as I'm building this business and having those thoughts, who am I to do this? And am I capable of this? And what if I fail? And all the negative talk that I'm sure people can relate to. My mantra that I keep turning to again and again this week is, what if all my hard work pays off? What if it all works out? That softens it and expands it and opens up possibility and excitement versus self-doubt and minimizing and living in the negative. So what if all my hard work pays off and what if it all works out has been really helpful for me this week. You're showing the power of a thought that you're creating as opposed to just reacting to the patterns and the conditions you've purposefully chosen a thought, you're using it as a mantra. And I love one of the definitions of mantra, which is like a protection for the mind because our conditioned thoughts, they'll hurt us and they'll create others' thoughts that will hurt us. But you're showing us the power of choosing a thought that's going to support you through this. And I would definitely recommend that anyone listening think about an area where they 
are looking for some support. And it can even be helpful to think about what do I wish that I could hear right now? You know, what do I wish that archetype of the good mother would speak to me right now? What words of soothing and love and acceptance? And whatever that sentence is that you wish somebody that loves you would say, say it to yourself. For this Mother's Day, be your own good mother. Mm -hmm. That's a good place to end, my friend. So take care of yourself and sleep well. All right. Love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior Podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.